Welcome back to the Der Show, the resounding defeat yesterday in Chicago of uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot uh, may very well mark the beginning of the end of this, this despicable phenomenon called woke culture. It's so despicable because, you know, who's not woke? Um, I've been woke. The definition of woke is being sensitive to injustice. I'm the wokest person there ever was. I've been focusing on injustice since I'm 15 years old, protesting the execution of the Rosenbergs, protesting the Vietnam War. How can you be woker than I am? But that's not what woke has come to mean. Woke has come to mean that everything is race. Everything is identity politics. Uh, there's no more a request for equality, only advantage. Advantage is based on race. Advantage is based on ethnicity. Advantage is based on gender. Advantages, advantages, and advantages. Equality is out the window. Woke is the opposite of equal. Uh, woke is the opposite of liberal. Uh, you know, people sometimes put together, oh, you're a leftist, so you must be a woke liberal. No, no, no. I'm not a leftist. I'm a liberal. I'm a proud liberal. A liberal is somebody who believes in tolerance. A liberal who somebody is, believes in diversity of ideas. A liberal is somebody who believes in full and complete equality, colorblind equality. A liberal is someone who has real questions about race-based affirmative action or other uh, privileges. Woke is exactly the opposite of liberalism. Woke is the mirror image of reactionary uh, extreme right-wing uh, politics. Uh, the world is really divided into two groups, centrists, and you could be a conservative or a liberal, at the center, and extremists. And uh, on the extreme left, extremists are woke, or they call themselves progressive, though they're regressive. And on, on the right, uh, they're, you know, they represent intolerance um, and, and um, uh uh, censorship as well. So, you know, the extreme left and the extreme right have much more in common with each other than either of them has with liberals or conservatives. And my goal has been over the last several years to push hard for a coalition of liberals and conservatives. And liberals and conservatives share a, a distrust of government. They share uh, skepticism about authority and power. Um, you know, they share a willingness to be open-minded and accept new ideas to debate instead of screaming at each other. So I'm an unwoke, unprogressive, uh, unreactionary, a liberal. Um, but what we saw with the original election of, of, of Lori Lightfoot was, you know, the, all the headlines, nobody talked about her quality. Nobody talked about how good she was. Nobody very rarely talked about her background. Oh, she was the first black woman gay mayor of a major city. Wow. That's what People who awoke want to hear. They don't care as much about the quality of the person as they care about her, in this case, identity politics. And that was defeated. She came in third. She got 17% of the vote. An incumbent mayor getting 17% of the vote? It's unheard of. The last person who had that happen to him was another woke candidate, Chesha Boudin, who had miraculously won for district attorney of... Um, of uh, San Francisco, largely because of his story. He was the daughter of murderers, uh, the son of murderers. Uh, his, both his mother and his father uh, were convicted murderers. And, you know, but there were murderers on the right side. They were leftist murderers. So that's excusable and tolerable. And uh, one of the murderers, the woman, went on to be a teacher at Columbia. And, and the other, you know, a friend of uh, 
uh, a, a friend of uh, the Obamas. Uh, so, you know, murder is OK if it's from the left, but uh, uh, it's not OK whether it's from the left or the right, in, in my view. But Chessa, who I've known since he was a kid because his grandfather, Leonard Boudin, was a close friend of mine, a mentor of mine. Uh, Chesa got elected. Uh, he got elected and he ran on a woke platform. Uh, we're going to prosecute environmental polluters, but not uh, shoplifters. And um, crime went up in San Francisco. Crime went up in Chicago. Crime is going up in a number of other cities with woke district attorneys or, or woke mayors. And the public isn't accepting it. And the public said, all right, you know, that's fine. We appreciate the fact that you're a woman. That's great. We want women in politics. You're gay. That's fantastic. More gay politicians, the better. Uh, you're black. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, uh, but you're not a good mayor. <laughs> you, you know, you've 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 uh, presided over a, a city which is rife with crime. So we're not going to vote for you. We're, we're not going to let identity politics prevail over over substance. And that happened with uh, Boudin. He got elected. Everybody was thrilled. Radical progressive mayor named after Chessa, uh, a woman named Chessa Mard, who had killed, uh, you know, a murderer, a left wing murderer. And uh, of course, Chessa Boudin was uh, a supporter of, um, of left wing communists in South and Central America. And uh, that became a positive thing for his election in San Francisco until he had to do the job and he couldn't do the job. So he actually got recalled, which is, again, remarkable. You're elected and then you're unelected by recall, which California has and has used uh, too frequently sometimes. But in this case, it sent a powerful message. And the powerful message was we've had it with incompetent, woke candidates. Uh, but now uh, there's going to be a contest between two people for mayor of Chicago. One of them um, originally called to defunding of the police. He's now changed his mind. But you know, we don't know what his views are. I think he's now said, well, he doesn't want to defund the police. He just wants to kind of redefine where the funding goes so that it's uh, uh, directed at the right place, uh, not for guns, but for social services. We'll see what the people of Chicago uh, feel about that. You know, I had great hope in the mayor of New York, um, Mayor Adams, because, you know, he was essentially an anti-woke candidate and a moderate and a, a, a liberal, to be sure, but but somebody who cared deeply, he was a policeman, cared, cared deeply about the policeman. But he did something just awful yesterday, and I just want to call him out on it, even though I like him. He calls for a return of prayer in the schools. And what does prayer mean in the schools? Of course it means Christian prayer. And, and it, you know, there's going to be fights. Is it Protestant prayer? Is it uh, Catholic prayer? Oh, they'll symbolically allow a Muslim prayer here and there, a Jewish prayer. And of course, when the Jewish prayer comes up, the conservatives will say it has to be conservative. Reform will say it has to be reform. Orthodox will say it has to be orthodox. So, you know, prayer in the public schools is a disaster. It's We're divided enough today along racial lines. Now he wants to divide us along religious lines. Oh, it'll be a non-sectarian prayer. Uh, what about people who are agnostics or people who are atheists or people who are Buddhists. Uh, there's no such thing as non-denominational prayer. Prayer by its nature is denominational. If you pray, you're, you're, you belong to religion, uh, not non-religion. First Amendment says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise. Nobody's prohibiting the free exercise. You can pray all you want, just not in the school, not in the classroom, and not, not if you're a teacher. 
uh, out loud. Uh, you can pray silently. You can pray off on the side. Nobody's restricting your exercise of religion. But then he made the most idiotic statement imaginable for a mayor, a smart mayor, a nice guy. If you don't have prayer in the schools, you will have guns in the schools. Now, is there a new definition of non sequitur? The alternative is unconstitutional prayers or guns. What a choice. Well, I have to tell you, I don't want either. I don't want prayers in the school. I don't want sex in the school. I don't want uh, teachers to be telling students uh, what they should believe when it comes to sexuality. I know what I believe. I believe in complete and total equal rights for gays and transgenders. Um, but I don't want teachers to be telling six-year-olds and seven-year-olds about transgenders or about gay. I'm okay with a teacher saying, you know, Charlie over there has two mommies. Uh, you have a mommy and a daddy. And having two mommies is perfectly okay. His mommies love him. I'm okay with that. But I don't want to go to the next step and say, well, let me tell you what happens when two mommies get into bed together. No, 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 no. I don't want the teachers to say what happens if a mommy and a daddy get into bed together. Uh, that's not what should be taught in school. So I'm not in favor of the Florida system uh, where, you know, there, there are monitors determining who can say what in what class. But I'm surely not in favor of using schools as a way of preaching religion or preaching progressivism or preaching radicalism, even preaching uh, uh, racial racial justice, preaching uh, diversity, equity, and um, whatever else is, is part of, of that. Uh, that's, you know, get that at home, get that in the church, get that from politicians if you don't, if you want to. But as far as I'm concerned, school is history, arithmetic, geography, and teaching you how to think, analytical thinking, teaching you how to be critical, teaching you how to read critically, teaching you not to sit in front of a television and accept what CNN tells you, or what MSNBC tells you, or what Fox tells you, teaching you to open your mind up and, 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 and uh, listen to people and engage in conversation, not just repeat like a parrot everything uh, that one side or the other uh, tells you. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of, of woke culture. Today, I read an article called Radicalism Comes to Medical School. And it's about the University of San Francisco Medical School, which is regarded as one of the four or five best medical schools in the world. But they're not teaching medicine anymore. Um, they're not teaching patients how to, uh, doctors how to save people's lives. They, they say the primary mission of the school now is to encourage uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, that's not the role. No, the role is to save lives. And um, they're not picking doctors based on their ability to save your life. They're picking doctors based on identity politics and having a program that they think is a reckoning based on the murder of George Floyd. George Floyd's murder, the most significant event of the 21st century. It's changed everything, some for the good, some for the bad, but it's changed everything. It's changed how doctors are trained. It, it, it's, it's changed how lawyers are trained. Look, just another article in today's paper, another woke article. So as the result of the George Floyd killing and the reckoning, it's very hard to see a play today anywhere in the country 
um, that doesn't um, that that doesn't focus on the black experience. That's fine. I want to see plays that focus on the black experience, but uh, I don't want to hear what happened in one of the theaters in major theater in in Los Angeles. We will put on no plays, no plays, unless they are written either by a woman or by a transgender. And there are other theaters that say we will put on no plays except if they are written by African-Americans or people of color. No, no, I want to see plays written by the best people, the best playwrights. And I want the opportunity for that to include transgender, black, no discrimination. But we don't pick plays on the basis of identity, politics or race. Um, we want every culture to be, to be I, I, uh, allowed to compete in the marketplace of ideas. You know, if you want to write a play about the black experience, it damn well better be a good one. Uh, just because it's about the black experience or the Latino experience or the female experience or the Jewish experience or the Muslim experience doesn't give you the right to get on stage. You have no right to get on stage because of your identity. You have a right to get on the stage because you're good. Now, according to the story in the newspapers, the New York Times, several black playwrights are canceling their plays, breaking their contracts, canceling their plays because they don't like the way they're being treated or their fellow uh, uh, African-Americans are being treated. In one case, a black playwright took his, his play off the stage because the company had only had one other play this year by a woman. As the result of there being only one play by a woman, a black playwright says, I'm not going to let you put my play on. Cancel the play. Send all the actors home. Um, have unemployment. Cause the theater to go bankrupt. And then these guys expect to be hired again. What right-minded theater is going to hire somebody who took his play and said, no, halfway through the run, I'm not going to let you do it because I don't like the way you're handling this. What privilege do they think they have? Uh, and I don't care whether what race you are. Uh, if you're a playwright and you make a contract and the contract says it's a two-month run, you do the two months. Then if you don't want to go back to the theater, don't sign a contract the next time. But this idea of affirmative action in contracts, affirmative action in almost everything, part of this reckoning, part of this, this woke culture is hurting America. And it's destroying the concept of equality, um, real equality. Equality means you are judged on the basis of, to quote Martin Luther King, the, the, the quality of your character the content of your character, not the color of your skin. I'm a Martin Luther King egalitarian, uh, not a Malcolm X uh, non-egalitarian who talks about black power or the power, 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 preference, power. No, no, equality. That's what we want. Equal protection of the law. I don't know where they come up with this term equity. Equity is different than equality. Equality is bad. In fact, equality is a dirty word because it means that people have to be treated based on who they are, on the merits, on how they've done. No, no, no. E equality is no good. Equity, equity. Equity means preference for one group other than the other. It means identity politics. That's not what America is about. Uh, that's not the country that uh, our grandparents and great-grandparents came uh, over to achieve equality. Uh, whether you're a person of Italian-American background or Greek-American background or Irish-American background or Jewish-American background 
or Mexican-American or Japanese-American or any kind. Our grandparents all wanted one thing. They wanted to be treated like human beings. They wanted to be judged on their merits. They didn't want quotas. They didn't want to be considered an Asian or an Italian-American. They wanted to be considered for who they were. That's the that's the, 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 the background we grew up with. We loved Joe DiMaggio and Vince DiMaggio uh, because, you know, they came from Italian uh, families in San Francisco and became, you know, the greatest ball players. The, the, the three brothers, Dom, Vincent, and Joe, what, what a group. What, you know, I was a, a, a Dodger fan. I hated the Yankees, but I loved the DiMaggio brothers. And, uh, you know, I love the fact that in, in, in baseball, Jackie Robinson could, could, could make it to, to the top. Uh, that's what we wanted. That's what we aspired to. Jackie Robbins being judged on his ability to steal second base and to steal home plate. Yogi Berra being judged on his ability to tag out Jackie Robinson in one of the greatest home, home plate stealing episodes where uh, Robinson says he stole home and the official agreed with him, but Yogi Berra said he didn't. And the picture seems to support Yogi Berra on that. Uh, but, you know, that's the kind of equality that we all hope for. Certainly the kind of equality my family uh, hoped for. Uh, they didn't want to be judged based on what country they came from or what synagogue they pray in. They wanted to be judged on, on how they did on, and, and, uh, you know, did they succeed uh, as lawyers, as doctors, as accountants, as business people? That's what we all wanted. And we're still, it's not too late to get that. And I hope that the defeat of, of woke culture, I, I hope that uh, people stop going to the University of California at, at, at San Francisco if you want to study medicine. It's still one of the great medical schools in the country. But I have to tell you, I wouldn't trust doctors picked there based on identity politics uh, rather than picked by an institution based on their surgical skills, their, their diagnostic skills. That's what you want. You want a pilot who can who can get through a storm and land appropriately. We don't care what her race is. Uh, I'll never forget the time I was arguing on behalf of a gay professor at a New England uh, university, not to be named, and they had discriminated against them. This was a long time ago, and they were still discriminating against gay professors, and they had discriminated against them. And I argued the case, and I did very well, and um, uh, because. The case was somewhere in Vermont, and I was on Martha's Vineyard. The client had arranged for a small one-pilot propeller plane, so I didn't have to make four stops. So I flew there, and, uh, on, on, and, and I had a bad experience flying there because the pilot, we're, we're 10,000 feet up, and the pilot says, oh, by the way, you're a lawyer, right? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the airline has fired me starting next week. I said, oh, my God, what for? Discrimination? Yeah. They fired me. They're discriminating against me because I don't have good eyesight. No, that's not discrimination if you're a pilot. And then when we started to land, uh, I could see the strip, the airstrip very clearly. And he obviously couldn't. And he asked me to point out where the airstrip was. So when I got there, I called the airline, uh, Provincetown Airlines. And I said, I, I really don't want to have that pilot fly me back. Can you please get me another pilot? And so my client drove me to the airport. My client, who had just done a good job uh, defending him um, against discrimination based on his being gay. And we got to the airplane 
And my client says to me, you can't get on that airplane. I said, why not? What's the matter? Look at the pilot. I said, yeah. He said, she's a woman. You're going to fly with a woman? I said, did you just hear me in court? Did you just hear me make the argument about merit and, and not discrimination? And of course, I got on the plane. She was a phenomenal pilot. Probably had to be twice as good back in the day as a male pilot to get the job. Uh, but that's what it's about. That's what it's about. When I recently had a surgical procedure, I was thrilled that my doctor was an African-American. Um, he had hit the top level of this kind of surgery. Everybody said he was the best. It, it was thrilling to know that I had the best doctor performing the surgical procedure on me. Did I care what his racial background was? No, sure. A little bit of me says, isn't it terrific? But it's patronizing, even when I think that. Uh, of course, uh, he's going to be uh, a, a black uh, uh, a certain percentage will be, because if you have true meritocracy, you're going to get diversity. People aren't that different. If you have true meritocracy, if you judge people completely on the merits, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but ultimately meritocracy will prove, will produce diversity. And that's the way to get diversity through meritocracy, not through identity politics. So uh, we have the theater now becoming woke. We have medical schools becoming woke, but when the people have to decide in Chicago, woke doesn't work. Common sense prevails over woke. That's the American spirit. Those are the American people. Those are the American voters. And beware, beware Democrats, fellow Democrats. I am generally a Democrat, though I'll vote Republican if the candidate is better. Beware, fellow Democrats, the American public does not want woke culture. The American public wants fairness, equality, due process, constitutional rights. That's what America was built on, not on phony woke culture. Okay, let's see what people have to say in their letters. Well, <laughs> I got a lot of letters saying, how dare you? I probably got two, 300 letters. How dare you suggest that President Trump didn't win this election? What are you, a complete idiot? Of course, we all know that, uh, that uh, he won uh, the election. Come on. Do you really believe Biden received any 1 million, 81 million votes? Laugh out loud. I don't need Fox to tell me what's obvious. Only an idiot would believe Biden got 81 million votes. Well, you're looking at one such idiot. I believe Biden got 81 million votes, just as I believe that Hillary Clinton got more votes than Donald Trump when Donald Trump was elected president through the Electoral College. I didn't complain. I, I was hoping it would be Hillary Clinton, but it wasn't the Electoral College. Those are the rules of the game, and the rules of the game produced a result that I didn't like, but I accepted it. Um, I liked the result in the last election, and many of you didn't, but accept it. There's no doubt in the world that President Biden won the election fair and square, was it a perfect election? No, the Pennsylvania vote was not right. It was unconstitutional, but the numbers of unconstitutional votes did not affect the outcome of the election. The election was fair. I don't care how many letters I get. It doesn't really matter. Um, here, another one. I traveled a lot during COVID. I've spoken to a few truckers as well who say the same thing I say. They saw almost no signs of support anywhere for Biden. Why? because nobody voted for him. He had an insurance policy. 
He didn't need a ground game. No reason to get people to rally to their neighbors together. No, nothing. It was always in the bag. They cheated, and we know it, just like Hobbs did in Arizona. There it's another one that is so obvious what they did with the ballots in plain sight. No, I don't know anything about it. Of particular elections in particular states, I have been challenging um, uh, some of the mechanisms. I'm, I'm concerned about voting machines. I don't. I have no evidence that any voting machines actually changed an election. But I'm worried when the people who make the voting machines won't disclose their algorithms, and I'm involved in a lawsuit uh, concerning that as a citizen, not as a Republican or, or a Democrat. But um, uh, it doesn't matter how many how many signs you saw. People went to vote on Election Day, and they voted overwhelmingly for Biden over, over Trump, uh, as they did for Hillary Clinton over Trump um, uh, in 2016. Nobody seemed to complain about that election on the Republican side. So, um, um, uh, you know, but I defend your right to be wrong. I defend your right to go. I, I defend Fox's right um, to misinform the public. That's their First Amendment right. And we have a First Amendment right to change the channel. But uh, I don't believe that uh, courts of law should determine which of you are right and which of you who are wrong. That's why we have letters. Um, you know, if, if people base the election on the letters I get, Trump would win 90 to 10, maybe 95 to 5. But that's not representative of the people who voted in the election. Look, more letters. All the media is misleading. Oops, sorry. All the media is misleading. That's why they have such horrible approval ratings. They are no longer trusted, no worthy of trust. No, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I don't think the American public trusts the media. I don't trust the media. I don't trust the New York Times. I don't trust CNN. I don't trust many of the media, both on the left and on the right. That's why I try my best to read a lot of different sources and come to my own conclusions. But I'm, I'm a captive of the current media. I, I can't create my own media. I can't create my own media company. So, you know, I have to base my decisions on on what I've read, what I've seen, and uh, on my own instincts. Um, okay, Fox News is garbage. Trump won. Hillary Clinton conspired to rig the presidential election over and over. It's now known beyond a shadow of a doubt that Biden lost the election. Shadow of a doubt. You know, what is it? 60 or so, maybe more percent of the country strongly believes that Biden won. I don't know, maybe 20 or 30 reflected disproportionately in these letters, um, uh, believe that, uh, that, uh, that, that Trump won. Uh, you know, and in the mixture of letters, I always get what I call the pedo file, P-E-D-O hyphen F-I-L-E. I have a file of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of letters, which reflect the same kind of making up stories uh, that we've talked about before. Here's, here's the one today. I get usually 10 or 15 a day. You are an Epstein pedophile and possibly a murderer. Criminal. Yeah, that's the way we decide whether people are murderers. We just say it. And who did I murder? Oh, probably one of the 12-year-olds, you know, that I, that I repeatedly slept with because I am obviously a, a pedophile. Even the woman who accused me, who has now admitted that she may have made a mistake, even she never accused me of that. She said she was 17 and a half years old 
when she claims uh, she had sex with me, admitting now that she may have made a mistake. But it doesn't stop you every single day, every single day in the mail. I get these statements that I'm a pedophile, that I did this, that I did that. Uh, okay. Um, this is interesting. I wonder if you have any of your lectures recorded. I would love to see you in your prime. Well, watch me now. I'm in my prime. What do you mean in my prime? No, there are, uh, uh, there are lectures. You can go online. I recently came upon a debate I had with Professor Noam Chomsky in 1973. I was 35 years old. Um, my voice was very different. So was Chomsky's. But our ideas were pretty much the same. We debated uh, the Middle East and uh, whether the Palestinians had the right to use violence to try to regain their land. It's an interesting debate. You just do Google uh, Dershowitz um, uh, Chomsky debate. So you can see me in my prime. There are also recorded classes that I have. I think the Harvard Law School Library owns those uh, those tapes. Um, I hope you sue the pants off CNN and spread the love around. Well, I'm trying my best and uh, we'll see the cases uh, uh, before court right right now. Um, Professor Dersh, uh, please talk about Iran manufacturing nuclear weapons. It's a great, great worry. And it's not only a threat to Israel, it's a threat to Saudi Arabia. It's a threat to the Emirates. It's a threat to the Abraham Accords. It's a threat to American troops in Italy and in Germany. Uh, it probably is the greatest threat, a greater threat probably than China and Russia. Um, you know, China is not as big a threat um, of nuclear attack as either Russia or Iran. Why? Because China has a great army. It's a very strong army. The, the, the problem is countries that have weak armies and nuclear weapons. So that would include Pakistan. Now we know that includes Russia. We didn't know that before, but now it includes Russia. If you have a strong, strong army on the ground, you don't have to use nuclear weapons. Israel hopefully will never have to use nuclear weapons. It has an incredibly strong army, air force, and, and navy, but Russia now looks like a paper tiger. And Iran probably doesn't have a very strong army, but it will soon develop nuclear weapons. It's now up to about 85% of what is uh, needed, and it's probably only a little bit away from having deliverable nuclear weapons, which their leaders have threatened to use. They have said Israel is a one-bomb state, and if we bomb Israel, if we manage to get one bomb, Israel is over forever. Nobody will ever live in a small country the size of New Jersey that has uh, nuclear radiation throughout. So uh, Israel, with its Iron Dome and its Air Force, uh, has to think about what steps it may take in order to prevent a cataclysmic attack by Iran on uh, Israel in an effort to destroy what they call the little Satan. But who do you think the big Satan is? The United States. And if they manage to destroy Israel, believe me, the next target will be the United States. All right. Well, we'll see what the news is between now and next Monday. In the meantime, please join our locals community at Dershow, D-E-R-S-H-O-W.locals.com. Also, Tic Tac at Dershow. Uh, they have all these little tic-tac excerpts that you can uh, listen to. And, uh, and thank you all, because the numbers of people watching my show have now increased dramatically. And that's you. And thank you for writing me letters, nasty or otherwise. I appreciate it.